Welcome today on creation.com talk. We're going to be talking about one of those subjects doing the rounds on Christian social media networks. And that is the idea that Christmas is derived from a pagan origin. Hi, I'm Gary Bates, and today I'm with Dr. Jonathan Safady. In case you don't know him, he's the author of some of the largest and most popular creation books ever published. G'day, Jono. Yeah, g'day, Gary. So, Jonathan, uh, a lot of Christians believe that Christmas is derived from pagan origins, and therefore other Christians who celebrate Christmas Day, for example, are either uninformed um, and I had one young man even suggest that it was evil to do uh, to celebrate Christmas, for example, uh, because of these alleged pagan origins. Man. First thing I'd like to say is um, I think with any holiday or any festival or whatever we choose to celebrate or not, we have the freedom in, uh, to do so. And uh, if you're listening, you might want to look up Romans 14, verses 5 and 6, Colossians 2, 16. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll pop those up on the screen. And Jesus himself celebrated some holidays and festivals like Hanukkah or dedication. You can see that in John 10, 22, 23. And there's no command in Scripture to celebrate those, but Jesus actually did. So let's get to the meat of this. Does Christmas have a pagan origin? Well, short answer, no. Uh, a more extended answer is lots of things we have no problem with have pagan origins. I mean, the day of Christmas today, this year is Wednesday, which is named after Odin. And Thursday is named after Thor, the hammer god, okay, the thunder god. And no one seems to have a problem with that. There are some biblical heroes who have pagan names, like Daniel's friends who are thrown in the fire. Abednego means servant of Nebo, which is a pagan god of the Babylonians. And no one seems to have a problem with those guys. So why uh, do we suddenly have a problem with Christmas? So just logically here, even if some of these things, like you pointed out, did have a pagan origin, um, if you were not aware of them and they've changed their meaning today, um, does that mean you're worshipping something pagan? Well, I think because your conscience is clear, because you are doing these things totally innocently, you have no intention of worshipping Thor whenever you use the word Thursday. Yeah, so uh, I heard another one that uh, our modern cars, Mazdas, we'd say in Australia, or Mazda in the US, and Saturn cars... Well, who were they named after? Well, Mazda was uh, the Zoroastrian uh, good god. Saturn is the king of the Titans in Roman mythology. Again, where's the problem with those things? Or Midas mufflers, all these things are named after pagans. The planets are named after Roman gods. Right, okay. So December 25th, here's one. I mean, it's likely, of course, that Jesus was not born on December 25, but does it really matter? I mean, in Australia, in the UK, some of the British Commonwealth countries, uh, New Zealand, mm -hmm. we celebrate the Queen's birthday on the same day every year. Well, I happen to know that they don't trigger it so that the royal family members are born on a certain day every year. But it's just a day set aside to commemorate the monarchy. So does that really matter? Well, I mean, I was wondering, as a kid growing up in New Zealand, why do we celebrate the Queen's birthday in June and yet she was born in April? Right. So here's one I've read on some of the websites that uh, Christians copied the pagan festival of, of Mithra or Sol Invictus. 
What's, What's the answer there? It's interesting that some of these Christians are making the same arguments as atheists, that Christians are copycats of paganism. But then you have to ask who copied from whom, which one was actually the earliest. And in fact, when you go to the history, you find it's the pagans who must have been copying the Christians because a Christian thing was earlier, including Christmas, the 25th of December. Christians were celebrating this at least 70 years before the first pagan celebrations on that day. So who borrowed from whom? That is fascinating. So people have got it the wrong way around. Christmas and the traditions predated the pagan ones. Mm. But where did the idea of December 25 come from? And it was likely to be around about that period, but why specifically the 25th? Well, a lot of the Christians um, took a Jewish custom, not a pagan one, and that's called the integral year custom, sorry, integral year theory of the prophets. The prophet would have an exact number of years of lifespan, and since life begins at conception, uh, they believed that the prophet would die on the day he was conceived. So they knew what date Jesus died on, and therefore they worked back and said he must have been conceived on that day. So you worked nine months forward from the conception day, which is also called the Annunciation Day, the day that Aegon came to Mary. Right. Uh, and then you work nine months from that, and that's where you get the 25th of December from. Or if you want to have the Greek calendar, it's the about the 6th of January. But the point is it's still an integral year Jewish thing that the Christian writers appeal to this explicitly. So, John, I, I already mentioned that it's unlikely that it was on December 25th. But, you know, you mentioned, unfortunately, that, you know, even a lot of Christians go to skeptics' websites, buy into those arguments, think there's some validity to them. And, and one of those sceptical arguments is that on December 25 or in December, around about that period, that it would have been too cold for the shepherds, you know, out there watching their, their flocks by night. But, uh, you know, you're a Messianic uh, Jew, mm -hmm. so I'm pretty sure you're interested in, in Israel uh, in general, I mean, what's the weather like there well, in December? Clearly, these critics haven't been to Bethlehem very much because uh, just because you wouldn't have your sheep out in Canada or North America, it doesn't mean they wouldn't have them in Bethlehem because Bethlehem climate's a bit like northern Florida, and they're most definitely sheep outside in the fields in Bethlehem around December because it's the rainy season. So you Israel is quite a dry country, but in December you've had quite a few months of rain, so the grass was very plentiful. So it's actually a very good time to have the sheep outside in, in the fields. And also uh, look at Jacob. He actually had sheep in the fields north of Bethlehem, further north, and yet he complained bitterly to, to Laban about how he got ice frosty when he was attending sheep. So clearly even the ice and the frost didn't bother shepherds. Yeah, but that was further north of Bethlehem, of course. But I mean, it just shows that shepherds weren't as afraid of the ice as you might think. As people think. Yeah, very, very true. Okay, so here's the biggie. Santa Claus. Okay, we see him in the shopping centres and everything else and and. You know, the true meaning of Christmas has been hijacked by this mythical figure who knows whether you're going to be uh, naughty or nice. But uh, my understanding is that Santa Claus was ba actually based upon a real person. What, what do you know about that? Well, yes, the modern Santa Claus has certainly um, got pagan elements, but the real Santa Claus was a corruption of the, of the term Saint Nicholas, who definitely did exist a few hundred years after Christ, a very godly man. Uh, he defended the Trinity, great mm. doctrines like that. In fact, the legend is that uh, during the Council of Nicaea, he slapped the heretic Arius for denying <laughs> the right? Trinity. That's, that's a legend anyway. <laughs> right. But it just shows you what a godly man he was. He may not like his methods, but certainly he was defending the right 
right thing. So he's a real man. He may have even given gifts to children. So you've got uh, that real St. Nicholas, and now we have Santa Claus. I'd rather actually go back to the real one. Sure. So again, uh, the uh, the meaning today doesn't necessarily uh, disqualify the original meaning of why we, in fact, uh, celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you mentioned gifts. Now, I know that one. I mean, why wouldn't we give gifts on this day? Because the very first gifts given, obviously, were by the wise men, the magi, mm-hmm. who visited uh, Jesus. So a very strong precedent there, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, fr- directly from Scripture. So uh, what about Christmas trees? I mean, not every country in the world has those nice trees growing at Christmas time. Uh, usually uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, we have to use uh, fake ones. But over here, we live in the States now. You see them all around the place. People are, are grabbing uh, you know, various real trees to celebrate Christmas. So what's the origin of the Christmas tree? Well, again, Christmas trees are not pagan. They began in medieval Europe um, around a little bit before the time of the Reformation. And it goes back to the uh, paradise tree. And 24th of December was a name day for Adam and Eve. So why not have one for Jesus, who is called the last Adam? Right. Okay. That's something I actually uh, I wasn't aware of. Now, Christmas, mm-hmm. it's got Christ's name in it. Yes, it is. Right? It's good, isn't it? So, yeah, so it's literally Christ's mass. Isn't that correct? It's what it means, but uh, then it doesn't mean the Roman Catholic mass because mass just comes from a word missa, which means to be sent out. And Jesus was sent to mankind to save us from our sins. So it's referring to that sort of sending out. And when you look at other languages, uh, even in Roman Catholic or Eastern Orthodox countries, the words for Christmas doesn't involve mass. Like you have Christuiana in Greek, which means Christ's birth. You have Natale in Italian, Navidad in Spanish. And these just refer to the birth. So the, it's picking on an English word for a custom that's worldwide and in lots of different languages. So really, it's a bit of a red herring, this. Yeah. So one of the things I, I'd like to point out to people listening and watching, and we've striked this all the time in CMI, um, is that people come up with these ideas. They read something, you know, on the Internet and it's like the lights go on. Oh, I never realized. And suddenly we gravitate to that. The answer is always to try to check out contravening information. Always, right? Are yeah. there any answers to that so that one can make a fully informed decision? So what we've attempted to do today is to just deal uh, with, and I have to be honest, what are called you know, some of those urban legends about Christmas that are on there. Now, at the end of the day, if people don't want to accept that, that's fine. Yeah. Surely what we're all about uh, is you are free to either celebrate those days or not. We're not sitting here saying, listen, because Christmas doesn't have a pagan origin, therefore you must celebrate Christmas Day. So we have the freedom and the liberty in Christ to to either celebrate Christmas Day or not. Now, I don't know about your family, but I remember, you know, when I became a Christian, immediately we made Christ the centre of Christmas Day. <laughs> we yeah. would even sing, you know, with my little children, happy birthday around the Christmas tree. So they clearly understood when, you know, they were receiving gifts, what the meaning was for. You know, when we went into shopping malls and we saw Santa sitting there, they understood that that was a commercialization. Now, in politically correct world today, we're not going to see the nativity scenes mm-hmm. uh, like we used to. But that doesn't change, surely, what happened in history around about this important time. 
Well, I'd like people to know more about the real Christmas, the real events of Christ's birth and why he came in the first place. This is what people should be reminded of all the time. Yeah, it's an incredible thing. You know, we work in a creation ministry. Mm. We're here defending, uh, you know, the Bible uh, in the light of science and history. And we are working to that end to show people that the creator of the universe, Colossians 1, 16, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, the creator of this incredible universe, humbled himself and became a human being, Mm. right? Why? To pay for our sins, to redeem us back to the creator. And the pivotal event in all of human history was when the eternal supernatural God entered time space. Mm. And how did he come? Did he come as a an avenging Marvel superhero? No, he came as a child. He humbled himself. He's, he became a fertilized egg and an unborn baby even before he was born. Correct. So I would say Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. And I would put Christ back into Christmas. I think increasingly in this pagan world, it represents an incredible opportunity, particularly with children who don't get to see the nativity scenes, who don't get to see the real meaning of Christmas. We have an incredible opportunity to point out real history, uh, as we've just mentioned. Anything you'd like to say in closing? No, it's great, thanks. Please share this information with others. Don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are available. Thanks for listening.